1: the final furlong podcast is brought to you in association with at the races.com the ultimate resource for racing fans
0: thanks for downloading the show i'm members kennedy alongside at the races pundit mr kevin blake hello producer in studio hey guys host the bloodstock show on at the races miss vanessa ryle hello and a man responsible for an excellent article on ggs.co.uk recently mr tony keenan returns to the show Good evening. So I'm going to break down the fourth wall. We have a production meeting for the Final Front End Podcast podcast uh, once a week. Kevin Blake is far too important for production meetings. So it's producer D and I, and we discuss who's going to be on the show and what topics are going to be dealt with. And last week we told you we're going to do a mid-season review, and then D FaceTimed me on, I think it was Saturday afternoon, saying we got to throw out the running order for next week. we got to completely forget this idea of a mid-season review. This whip debate's gone out of control. Control. We're going to have to talk about it. So then I WhatsApped Tony, Vanessa, and Kevin, who are all in the Final Four podcast group, and you all universally said absolutely no interest in talking about this. It's a non-topic. As <laughs> about right, Kevin, isn't it? Just true poor LD under the bus. I know it's so unfair. I try my best. Stating facts. <laughs> you were on the Sunday Forum. You got to fulfil a lifelong dream. Given Big Mac a good old-fashioned spanking, uh, <laughs> which which would have inflicted no pain whatsoever, because he did it with an air-cushioned whip, and yet he still recoiled from it. I mean, when you hit Simon Holt, Simon Holt, I think, wanted to actually properly deck him <laughs> in the end uh, because he really did. The, the tension there is is for all to see; it just can't be hidden. But like. I have held an air-cushioned whip. I'm actually surprised about the outcome of your Twitter poll that a lot of people have never felt an air-cushioned whip. They haven't seen it. They don't know what it's like. 75%. That's a phenomenal uh, amount of people who are, and as you've said on the Sunday Forum um, on at the Races, the vast majority of the people who follow you are going to be horse racing fans. So it's somewhat surprising to me that most of us are not au fait with the air-cushioned whip. I've held it. Um, I've been given a rap over the hands. What I just did with my own hand is more painful than the air-cushioned whip. It is designed to generate noise, which is designed to generate a reaction which has been genetically programmed for 300 years into the racehorse. That sums
2: it up, basically, doesn't it? Yeah, basically. As the RSPCA themselves, who are gone very... Extremists in recent years they say, have said themselves categorically the whip is not a welfare issue in racing and that is what we need to underline and focus on when we educate both our existing racing fans and anyone who is curious enough to want to know about it so
0: this debate didn't come
2: from it's
0: ironic actually that Vanessa Ryle would say on last week's show and friend of the podcast Joe Chambers would tweet to say that the quote of the podcast went to Vanessa Ryle uh, referring to a gutterball tabloid newspaper who we won't name because we won't give them um, the free press. But Vanessa mentioned a particular tabloid. Uh, it's ironic, then, that the trade paper would decide to go down that exact route.
2: Yeah, I think they they let Tom Kerr down a little bit. I mean... Uh, I, that headline... Like, I... Look, I, I disagree When you with say
1: it. let him down, you mean threw him under the bus,
2: Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Look, I disagreed with the article, pretty much all of it, but... It was a legitimate argument, a legitimate case, uh, and the headline was very sensationalist and bore very little relation to what was actually being called for in the article. so
0: it bore almost no resemblance to what
2: Tom wrote. Yeah, they, they essentially threw him under the bus um, at the in the interest of cheap controversy. and mm-hmm. didn't they get it and poor old Tom got an awful lot of stick. Tom got an awful lot of stick, which was unwarranted. Um, he has an opinion A lot of people disagree with it But jeez Wouldn't it wouldn't, it, wouldn't it be a boring world If we all had the same opinions Well I'm going to
0: We're going to all express views On racing in a couple of minutes And we've got a fantastic Weekends Racing to preview We've got a fantastic Weekends Racing to review as well And there will be listeners Who will agree with what we say And there will be listeners Who disagree There'll be positions that you have that I agree with. There'll be positions that I have that you completely disagree with. That's the nature of racing. It'd be an incredibly boring sport if we didn't have varying opinions and different opinions. But that being said, if you start going down the road of generating opinions that actually do damage to the sport...
2: Um, Yeah, look, it it wasn't to anyone that kind of has a passing interest and saw that newspaper sitting on their newsstand would not have had a very good impression. Uh, Would have drawn a... At first, he would have drawn their own conclusions. You know, you wouldn't need to um, have loads of ima- apply loads of imagination to imagine what they were thinking of. So it's um, not Mar- not did ideal. You, did you read Mark Johnston's article? I did. That pretty much summed it up.
0: I thought he was a little bit too personal in terms of Tom Curry. He
2: didn't need to go in that way. Um, yeah, Jim Jim Boyle's response was good as well. Yeah. there was a lot of good response to be fair. And to be like I know and look, we are kind of. Threw her eyes up to heaven a bit when it came out. Because we, we've done this debate to bits. Like, you know, we all we did this four or five years ago. We did it to bits. The, you know, they've, they've changed regulations. Like, we're in a much better place with the whip than we were just six or seven years ago. But it is still what something that engages. Like, the, the few lines I wrote about it got huge engagement. Um, So, like, people still want to hear about it. Maybe they... You know, I know we throw our throw eyes up to heaven, but it's still an issue that's very emotive in racing that people still care about. Um, but I think we're probably all ready to move on again now <laughs> until yeah. it gets brought up again by whatever happens. But there are more serious issues of in, there are, in yeah.
0: racing. And there's certainly more serious issues in terms of racing welfare.
2: Well, look, I know Tony Keenan has just been, has just been chomping, champing, as they say at the bit to give his two cents on the whip. Because I know this is something that riles him up, that really engages him. And Tony, now's your chance. Now, climb aboard your soapbox and give us them opinions.
3: Stalls burst open, Tony. Go for it. I'm like one of those that sat and has come out 30 lengths after the rest, I'd say, on this topic. um, (laughs) uh, Refuses to race. (laughs) race, uh, Has a bit of sense. Has a bit of sense and says, I'm heading back to the stable yard for about (laughs) eight um, (laughs) No, it wouldn't. It wouldn't be something that would particularly interest me. I thought, Kevin, I thought your piece was excellent on it. You you covered Mm -hmm. it very well. A couple of things. The Racing Post position uh, as a trade newspaper, I suppose, is something that has come into question in the past week. it was operating in a weird space last week, uh, the Racing Post. You know, so, some unusual articles, some quite anti racing articles, uh, and things like that. I I don't necessarily have a problem with that. Um, what was one thing that was quite interesting to come out was the, the real preciousness of, of racing people um, about what the Racing Post should be. Um, I really think they, they just expect a paper that's going to be a cheerleader for racing. Um, and I don't really think a lot of other sports participants expect that. It's a strange one. Um, they were all very quick to jump on Tom Kerr. I don't for a second agree with what Tom Kerr says, by the way. Um, uh, I thought the article was based a lot around the idea of perception. I would have preferred more data than perception. Um, but, yeah, uh, this this idea of the expectation of Innoverdecom as the industry that the industry have of what the race and post should be. Um, I, I would have, um, I would have a massive issue with that. I, I think they put a the totally wrong end of the stick as, as regards what that should be. Uh, the other interesting thing, and I want to mention this just in the context of something else that was out there a few weeks ago. Um, I wouldn't even rate the whip as a top five issue in racing at the minute. Um, to me, the one of the big issues, and I just want to mention this because I attended a, a talk there in, in UCD a few weeks ago by a fellow called Ross Tucker. He's at Science of Sport on Twitter. He's a, he's an excellent um, sports scientist, South African chap. He, he does a lot about doping in sport. Um, I would rate the drugs thing as a, as a massive issue in horse like, horse racing. Like, the, surely, investigating some of that would be would be far more uh, useful uses of some of uh, some people's time. Um, just haven't been to that chap's talk. Like across the vast number of human sports, like all the evidence points to um, athletes being extremely willing to dope, whether it be uh, proven through positive tests, a lot of the case uh, five or six years after the event, or through their own um, admission in um, what we say anonymous surveys after the thing. Like I, I cannot believe. And I, I'm not saying this in any sort of lethal way. I, 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 the fact that I'd be horrified at thought. I just cannot believe that racing can be any different. Um, it stretches the bounds of credibility to believe that there's not a lot of doping going on in racing. This is a sport, you know, that tolerates, you know, has a bit of a nod and a wink attitude sometimes towards doggery and things like that. And... You know, that's the expose I would have. I, I would like to see now. Know what's next and possible, and I'm not going to be coming out saying I suspect this lad, I suspect that lad. That would be ridiculous. But um, that would be an issue that that I think needs to be covered and how, where they're at in terms of their, their testing protocols and the idea that you know you have to give people notice to 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 horn up and when you're going to do testing. Uh, I believe that's still the case with some um, breeding operations and things like that. It, that that's ridiculous. Um, again, Ro- I come back to this thing that Ross Tucker he was talking about Kenya. Um, and how it's a bit of a what do we say? Uh, oh, a, a, an absolute bandit country in terms of doping tests and things like that. Like the, the people coming in to do the tests from Kenya have to have to look for a visa before they come in, you know. And the 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 athletes all know they're coming. Like it, it's it's just crazy stuff. And, and racing needs to sort of wise up to that sort of that sort of things. So, it, that's the that's the issue I, I, that sprung to mind when 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 the whip came up. That you know, there's so, there's so many other more important issues here. That, that but, they could but be Tony, addressing. there has to
0: be a question about what appetite there really is in sport in general. I mean, I don't know if you saw the documentary that um, Channel Four did a couple of years ago, Dispatches on the Premier League, and in that they promised to unearth uh, a huge amount of of new information regarding so-called doping in, in the Premier League. Richie Sadler, um, who's a, an excellent writer and an excellent contributor to other podcasts as well, spoke about when he was playing for uh, one of the clubs he was involved with, that a doctor was giving him a pill and he was taking this pill on a regular basis and then he walked in one day and the pill wasn't there. It was a blue pill and he said, why is that not there? And he said, oh, it's been put on the band list. And now that was his own doctor was giving him that. But also they went into, and it turned out that there wasn't as much as was being, I suppose, television shows like newspapers are entitled to hype things up to try and and generate people to watch or to buy your product. But in that program, they were talking about the, the doping testing in the Premier League. And essentially, it may very well have changed, but at the time, if Kevin Blake Tester turned up to a Premier League ground and asked to see Tony Keenan... And they said, oh, sorry, Tony's just left. He's gone to the physio. They'd go, all right, fine, we'll move on. Uh, can we talk to Emma Kennedy next? There's, like, there's no, well, we're not leaving until we've spoken to him and we're not leaving until we've tested him. So you have to ask what kind of an appetite there really is to unearth anything like that
2: what's a good example and I'll give you another example from another sport again just to throw it out there would be mixed martial arts and the UFC yeah because what they had for they had testing for years and years Joe Rogan talked about this on you last week yeah it's a, it's a really interesting example because they tested for years urine testing for years and years and they'd get the odd positive and what have you Yeah. but there was a perception there that it was it was very dirty and it got to the point where the UFC decided to pay um, WADA to come in and conduct all the testing to very high standards and all of a sudden they started falling like flies all of a sudden guys that looked like Adonises when they came into the octagon were looking much softer there's their cardio that seemed like endless in the past all of a sudden they were getting tired in the second and it has really transformed the sport from a visual perspective because um, some very high profile guys got done and it's proving very almost too harsh because a lot of guys are, f- are failing tests and then it's turning like it's been proven beyond doubt that what happened was they, they took a, a, t- a supplement that was that was contaminated with something um, or you might I, take a diet pill that turns out to have some kind of a well just just it's it, like there's it, been some very odd cases, but a lot of guys are just cheating and they get and they get caught. But it's bec- it's becoming so hard to cheat and not get caught and, hmm. and 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 not get caught that it's changed the sport. But because all of it and 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 this is the funny thing with performance ads and drugs is there's a big argument there from the casual fan. That was, I, I actually preferred when they were when, when they were <laughs> when it was the Wild West because fighters turn up in better shape. They could go three three exciting rounds and they, they looked like Superman and everything else whereas now they're a little bit more human well I
0: think the counter argument that actually that Joe was making was he was talking about um, because he commentates in the UFC and he's obviously a huge UFC fan um, and he was making the point that about that rigorous testing and he said that he doesn't think athletes want to dope now, maybe the way, maybe the reason for that is because the testing is so extensive. But his view is most of these guys want to win and they want to win legitimately. Most of these women want to win and win legitimately. And they have no interest in, in getting involved in anything that could end up disgracing them. Because that's the thing. You're caught. You are
2: disgraced. Well, it comes around. Exactly. And it's, look, we'll, we'll bring this back to horse racing because it's the exact same taking horse racing. Because n- nobody really would like to do that by choice, but they want to win. And some people, such as in mixed martial arts, they look around them and they they see these guys that look, that that have bodies that they shouldn't really have, that seem can go all day. And they're saying, these guys are clearly doing something. If I want to compete, I have to do something as well. And Mm. that could be, and like with horse racing, I don't know. Like I, I can speculate all at one, but I don't know what the situation is. What I do know is that most trainers... I think it's fair to say, maybe not most, but an awful lot of trainers are are will be prepared to push the boundaries quite close to legality. I think,
3: yeah, I think I think in every sport, um, the 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 black and white no way of looking at it isn't going to play. There are an awful lot of grey areas around supplements and things that are on the banned list or recently placed on banned list and. Everyone is sort of trying to to get the little edge there, and I, I think your man Salazar is a prime exponent of that in, in athletics. Um, with all sorts of things where he, he's raving about this um, medicinal t- tablet or whatever, and, and again you've got what you call a Sharapova there. Well, I know with different all sorts of other sports she's taken a, a tablet for a, a heart condition or whatever it is, and she, claims she's innocence. Attained them the day before a match, and uh, this kind can, this of carry on, like the, you know, all sorts of um, grey areas there. Um, but Emmett, you're absolutely right, Like in, in terms of the appetite, I, I'm well aware there's no appetite, yeah. um, or, for, or, or at least a limited appetite for regulation. It, it boils down to lots of things. Again, I'll come back to this Ross talk a lot. He, he's the authority on, it. Like, he would have talked about um, a lot of countries there, you know, when they're building up to hosting an Olympics um uh, Spain, Barcelona 92, various, all, all sorts of examples. Um, Russia hosting the Winter Olympics and Sarsiski. On one level, they're pumping money into getting their teams up to peak in, in the decade or 15 years beforehand and, and aiming at peak in, at, at that time. And on the other hand, the, the, the people are involved maybe are using methods they shouldn't be and things like that you know they, they don't want to self-regulate now. of course they don't because they're cutting off the nose to spite their face type mm. of thing, the government is funding it and yet you're, you're finding a load of positive tests but I would come back to the point that that while there may be no appetite for regulation that shouldn't stop journalists investigating it, I think some of the best journalism that has come out of this country in, in the last 10 or 15 years now I'm obviously I'm talking particularly about Satan here David Walsh
0: and
3: Paul Kimmich Area. No one wanted them um, going through that. In fact, David Walsh, the, the poor chap, had a um, million-pound bloody um, yeah. court case. He, he, he was put through him. hell he was, when he was at the Sunday Times, and he, the chap, the two of them, were probably pariahs in the journalistic uh, corners of the Sorry, sport. Sorry,
0: not not but, to cut but, across but, you, Tony, but just to elaborate on that. I think Paul Kimmage made the point in, in an excellent interview with News Talk. I think he was saying that he was he was in court. I think it was in Switzerland. Um, in an arbitration case, and when he walked in, he looked around for his colleagues. He wanted to see who had come to support him. None of them had. He was le- he was left to stand alone.
2: Should it- you remember you remember that bit of footage where Kimage is sitting down and he tries to ask Lance a question. Yeah, and Lance calls him out. Can you imagine how that felt? I know Kimage is probably doesn't give a shit about anyone or anything but you can imagine how that would have felt made a normal person feel to be called out like that on, And that, on that is Lance stage.
0: at the height of his power. Yeah. At, at the entire world looking at him saying oh what a remarkable person this yeah, guy that, is that, that until was, the whole thing crumbles.
2: That took some balls to take that And fan. it crumbled due to his work and David Watcher's. Absolutely.
3: I, I know we've gone well off topic here now but, it, but it's, an, it's an interesting discussion to have and I, again um, it, it would be something that, it's an area that I would have been interested in I'd, re, I'd read a lot on it and i watch documentaries and different things like that I, yeah. I just it, it does stretch the bounds of credibility to think that racing is a totally clean sport just, just based on how you compare it to other sports well, and, and then of course you have the added le- the added layer that um, you're not, putting, you're not putting stuff into yourself You're, you're putting it into an animal yeah. you know? well, well look
0: th- th- The point is that we don't know that But it's, it's, it's a fair point to make And I think we've made the point that There is probably a lack of Not just in our sport But in almost all sports There is a lack of appetite to really Dig in and try and find out If that's really going on um, How do you find out? Whistleblowers? That's it, like you need a smoking gun you need a smoking gun evidence actually being found, pa- found out by, by the authorities or journalism, and and that's where it comes out. Like there has been some fantastic articles written over the years by the Racing Post. There has been some fantastic articles written over the years by the Guardian, by the Times, by Kevin Blake and at the races, by some of your colleagues, Nate York, Tony Keenan. Um, you need journalism. You need the free press in order to do that. And the Racing Post have come in for a huge amount of criticism, but. What I would say, and particularly with regards to the headline, and you made this point on the Sunday Forum, it's not about perceptions, it's about facts and it's about reality. And you've mm. in detail gone into the, the, the facts and the reality about the whip. But as Simon Holt said... It's pandering to misinformed perceptions is what Big Mac was then doing. I think you made the point that 61% of Irish people actually don't have any interest in racing.
2: Yeah, horse horse racing rejectors
0: In a population of 4 million people and when racing and there's been a campaign recently from I think balls.ie or uh, joe.ie apologies if I've got the website wrong uh, making the argument that horse racing should be our national sport just because we're so damn good at it. And we are. Look at the amount of people who go around the world and succeed in horse racing from this country. It's something that we should celebrate,
2: and celebrate an awful lot more, but... I I think, ultimately, people, that 61% don't really care what we do, regardless, good or bad. Uh, We need to stop stressing out about what what they think. They don't care. Uh, We need to stop being so insecure and start looking at ourselves and what we can do better and not be worrying about what the 61% might think. I I I couldn't care less.
3: Leftovers is is quite a number. That's you know, a big um, number. You, you know, Kevin and and, and that uh, and only like what sports are going to be having an awful lot more than the thirty nine percent? G A.
2: Yeah. Soccer. G A. Soccer, rugby. And that's pretty much it. Golf is close that's, enough, I think. That's a that's
3: Pretty much it. Like you, you're not doing too bad.
2: Yeah, we're do, we're doing just fine. We need to kind of stick our chest out a little bit and be proud of it yeah. rather than be constantly running it down and trying to talk about good for racing, bad for racing and then just kick on.
0: Yeah, I know that um, some people said, you know, you need to sell papers. Uh, print media in the UK is down 8% year on year. Commercial revenue for print media in the UK is down 17% year on year. That's
2: only going one way. When's
0: the last time you bought a newspaper? <laughs> Genuinely? Yeah. Thunder. can't remember when it,
3: the, <laughs> tony keenan bought one on sunday i bought three on sunday i bought the independent i bought the thames and i bought the race okay
2: so this is only going to add fuel to the tony is actually an 80 year old man, so, man t- t- tony is 65 <laughs> years of
0: age but do you do that tony because you still like the feel of having a paper in your hand and and going through the paper in the old cliched way on a sunday
3: my wife likes reading the Irish Independent. That's probably one reason. Uh, I, I I would re- I would read the Racing Post. Uh, I'd buy the Racing Post uh, a couple of times a week anyway. Um, if if not in print on, on an iPad edition. Yeah. Um, I like reading the GEA coverage and that because uh, there's not another coverage GEA betting anywhere else. Um, and I would usually buy the Racing Post and I'm going racing just for handiness. No, I'm not. I'm I'm not sort of a I'm not a religious. Um. Newspaper by, 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 by any means, but I, I would I would buy a paper. Yeah, I, I'd buy a paper once or twice a week. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I yeah. buy, buy papers, but
2: it's all digital. Yeah, yeah. So I
0: subscribe to the Racing Post app, so it's on my iPad every day. Um, yeah. I yeah, I would, su- I would
3: have, I'd have other digital descri- um, subscriptions along with that. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, I subscribe to The Guardian, um, The Times, just to really confuse things for people to go, well, well, how can you read The Guardian and The Times? That makes no sense. Well, I do. Uh, the Irish Times the Irish Independent I read all of those but I read all of them on my iPad I I can't tell you I cannot remember the last time I bought a paper
2: that's just the way it's going my my, my father who is a technophobe has an iPad yeah and he reads uh, more stuff on it now. yeah
0: so th- the thing is that I hope in the long term that publications like the Racing Post the Guardian the Times can all be secured online and that they can monetize themselves and work because the journalists who work there Whether you agree or disagree with their opinions, it's important that we have those views and it's important that we have those opinions. This debate wouldn't have happened if that article wasn't written. This debate wouldn't have happened if that headline wasn't there. There wouldn't have been all that conversation on social media were it not for that. So whether you agree with it or not, it's needed. But it's also needed because, as Tony has alluded to, when there are murkier stories and that can go much deeper within any sport Within current affairs You need journalists To be able to cover those stories You need journalists To be able to do that And so I hope that The future of journalism Can successfully be monetized online And be transferred Because if it doesn't I'm out of a job We're all in big trouble (laughs) We're all in big trouble And we're not just talking about Kevin Blake getting paid Or Tony Keenan
2: getting paid uh, Well, set up a GoFundMe account
0: Well, there were people suggesting the other day that we could charge for the podcast, but I don't know how many. I'm really not comfortable with that idea. Funny otherwise. enough,
2: slightly off topic. Do you know what's gone really big in America now? Patreon.com. I have Patreon. no Have is. you heard of this? What is, is it? It's, oh, this- it's, it's a website, right? And there's a lot of freelance journalists and a lot of podcasters and a lot of people that are creating content, right? Okay. We set up a Patreon account. And because it's... Patreon. Patreon. Uh, as in like yep. patron, Patreon, Patreon, um, because it's difficult for some of these things to get sponsorship because it's, so, it's, what's really popular on it now is like really edgy freelance journalists that are kinda yeah. investigating okay. the things that the mainstream don't really have an appetite for, but the public have an appetite for it. Um, and like basically, the voice documentaries. Yeah, essentially, yeah. But basically people will fund them. They'll pledge $5 a month to this guy who's doing work I really like. They'll pledge $100 a month and it all adds up, and that basically pays that guy's wage, or that podcast's uh, their idea. wage. It's um, nice. yeah, it's an it's an interesting concept. Um, great, great. Some,
3: green some of the big well, uh, I I follow a few lads that cover the NBA, and they've got a Patreon thing. If they've recently set it up, they, I, I'm not, I don't subscribe to it, but their their content is absolutely excellent. It's different, gravy in terms of some of the stuff. That
0: their content covered. is great, uh, but I'm not paying for
3: it. <laughs> <laughs> can't pay, for, can't, can't pay for everything. I'm, I'm not um. I, w- I certainly wouldn't be against paying uh, and pay- I'm paying for a lot of bloody things but I- I'm not I'm not that um, big enough into it that it would justify paying for that because I know I just wouldn't listen to it yeah. Um, yeah there's plenty of other things I'm paying for I can tell you in the race and things Jeez, they're coming out every month
0: well yeah I mean look when I think about the subscription channel that I pay for and the racing posts and how much that costs per month and you know actually, i mean it's supposed to can't complain we're all on the gravy train who cares sure I means sure <laughs> we're all we're all living it up on the gravy train um but look i think the importance the importance of the free press can't be understated it can't be overstated even it needs to be intact and you need to be able to have intelligent people who can give strong it's opinions quite, like kevin blake this, like lee
2: muttershed this is Peter the most meandering yeah, winding <laughs> opening to a podcast in a history.
1: This is. We've been live for about 20 minutes and I really got confused with what we were talking about there for quite a lot of it. Like, <laughs> for the second week
2: long. in succession, Vanessa hasn't got a word in for 20 minutes. The, the buyers of like, Vanessa's yeah. swears are fuming. They're now going to realise this has been on purpose.
3: Are, the, the, the over has won this week anyway. <laughs> yeah, we're, big we're,
2: time. F- we're cleaning up, lads. <laughs> big time.
3: Yeah. Yeah, it's all been. planned,
0: wasn't it? We've been making absolute fortunes.
2: Can, can, we'll can I just
0: say to you, Vanessa, because you ride horses on a regular basis, and um, yeah. you and I both come I hit
1: them on a regular basis <laughs> oh my god
0: you and I both Anywhere come from a tear. you and I both come <laughs> from a show, show, <laughs> show jumping background but you much more talented than me um, I remember whips back in the old days, and they were not not pretty. And I was never comfortable using them, and didn't soft. Um, no, I hated it. I absolutely really. I'll admit it. I would admit to being a total softie and riding a psycho horse who just went off on me one day, and almost I thought he was going to throw me into a wall. And I closed my eyes, hoped for the best, and he jumped it. I he jumped not, it cross country well, racing, I'm but he did it, lie. not me. But but like the whips that you. Um, God Almighty, work with on a <laughs> weekly basis in terms of show jumping and equestrian. Like, what kind of standard are they compared to? Okay,
1: so the one I use on my cob, so not the good horse, because he doesn't like the stick at all. His brother, though, loves a bit of a beating around the head sometimes. Horse, <laughs> um, that is. Look, I love the horse more than anyone, but, you know, like in day to day life, when you're trying to control half a ton of, like, horse flesh sometimes the whip is needed that's why they're carried in a race but I can hand on heart tell you that if you want to get involved in some sort of welfare case, then go around to all the riding clubs where they use basically a whippy stick where if I was to hit your hand with it, trust me, it would sting and leave a mark. Oh, yeah. Those are the people who are using the wrong type of sticks. You know, like it's such an easy target to go at the racing lot because they carry whips. But like Kevin has pointed out numerous times, they're absolutely nothing. And I just like my point, just going full circle on the racing post thing is I'm with Tony and Kevin, and anyone that speaks any sense, like they should go ahead and report on whatever they want. You know, they don't have to be the parish council newsletter, as a lot of people have said on Twitter and whatnot. But, um, well, that's not their job. No, like, you know, they can, like, you know, do as much, like, dig deep and do as much dramatic um journalism as you'd like but don't sort of put some sort of weird sensationalist um headline yeah. at the, on the front of your newspaper just to get on a attention that one annoys me and be like without going to all the details of tom kerr's column the one thing that really really annoyed me is his presumption that we can't educate people about mm. the whip Like his presumption that we have to get rid of it because um, we've just given up on education about the whip. If you give up on education in any walk of life, then you might as well give up on life. Like, you've got to educate people. And for me, just by him saying that, you know, we can't educate people like, you know, I'm an assistant producer at the races and I could go in tomorrow and say, let's make a five minute mini feature on the whip and you interview a vet you interview a jockey a trainer and then you go out on the street and you hit 10 people with the whip and you get them to tell you if it hurts or not like that's a start anything's a start like itv should take it into their own hands they should be educating people if it's that much of an issue it's it's all about education and once you give up on that like what is the point
0: it's incumbent upon us in the media to yeah prove those perceptions wrong and if, if you, there are if those misconceptions just, like,
1: the annoyance that we're just going to give up because we can't be bothered to educate people and speak the truth like that is really infuriates me. Yeah. And uh, it's, you know, education is what it's all about, like help people understand rather than just give up.
0: Nice. Yeah. I compl- Vanessa Ryle, that might be the most sensible thing you have ever said. On the final Furlong podcast, such a point that Kevin Blake actually did a fist pump, going "Yes, Vanessa." However, at the exact same time, at thirty minutes and twenty-one seconds, <laughs> D went, "Oh my god." <laughs> <laughs> Because you dropped the F bomb. And those of you who were I backing know, but that Vanessa was just Ryle.
1: A dramatic effect. If <laughs> that you. Just to get my point across.
0: If you took the special market on Matchbook and you took the 1.01, congratulations, go and get paid. The good folks at Paddy Power are paying out as well. 1.01, Miss Royal drops the F bomb first. Well done. Boom. Oh. Uh, Simon C wants us to release an unedited show. No, Simon, you really don't. You think you want us to release an unedited podcast? You really don't want. That's us the to. fun is in let's the mystery of us. And then they find out said.
1: who my latest crush is, which would be very inappropriate.
0: That's coming out in the outtakes later on, and it's going to be a huge <laughs> surprise to a lot of people that you have a huge crush on me. So the <laughs> conversation. <laughs> uh, let's yeah, look back yeah. before we look ahead. Let's look back, uh, Ulysses who Vanessa Ryle told us was working the house down last week. She told you all... The Ulysses was working brilliantly. Um, shout out to Stephen Harris, by the way, on the Matchbook Betting Podcast who put the horse up as well. Uh, I was surprised we were able to get as big a price. Well, if he did have a bet, I did not have a bet on the race. But if he did back Ulysses, um, fair play on getting the price he did. To me, Kevin Blake, he looks a high-class 10 furlong horse and should be kept to that distance, although it sounds as though Sir Michael Stett wants another crack at Highland Reel in the King George. Yeah, yeah, it wouldn't be my
2: I'd sooner go down and trip if it were me. Wow, you go miler? It would be lovely if there was a nine furlong race, but yeah, Mm. give him a go at a mile, why not? Dubai, if you wanted to wait a year Yeah, no, no, I'd try try him at a mile, why not? Is that that because he's such a strong travelling horse? Yeah, and I think you need to deliver him as late as as you possibly can Um, Like I thought a lot went right for him the other day that didn't go right for many of the others Barney I t- Roy of Morris. A, a over. very smooth passage through the race. If you yeah. if you could make one quibble, you'd say maybe he could have waited a little bit longer. But that's not reasonable. I don't think to to say that. Um, I'll put it to you this way: if, if myself and Barney Roy met again over the same course and distance in three weeks, I would be nicely odds on Barney Roy.
0: Let me ask you this: if Barney Roy and Ulysses took each other on, and they were the front two in the betting, and Highland Reel for some reason skipped the race because we love Highland Reel. But they met in the Jumont International at York On a flat track That would be Barney Roy's
2: payday surely uh, uh, They don't want to cop on and put a pacemaker in for him they, they really need a pacemaker and they need to do it well That horse needs pace He needs to I would like Look I Not going to Not going to um, Whatever the word is Whitewash what I said last week I was very concerned about him over the trip uh, Yeah well so was I I think you were as well Tony were you? Uh, no, I think I was less concerned than you,
3: lads. Though. Okay, well,
0: well, I thought he had less, basically, little or no chance of being effective over that trip. I, I was convinced. I thought they were doing it because they've got a high-class miler in Ripchester, and I, for one, would like to apologise to Godolphin and say how wrong we were about you. No, he's running an absolute storm. He has, yeah. And look, he's like se- Jeremy Corbyn. He lost nothing in defeat.
2: <laughs> look, he's he settled. He settled fine, maybe. He still pulled, he's learning, he still isn't he? pulled hard enough. He's learning. He, he settled better than I thought he would now given that the, the pace wasn't exactly rapido. D, what are you doing? Um, <laughs> Studio work been done here apparently. Uh, so yeah, look, uh, uh, look, Tay clearly stays. He clearly stays and he'll be better again with a stronger pace in front of him, I think. Um, and look, he's just a very good horse. He's a very good horse. Can
1: we just talk about the winner, please? Yeah, of, of course.
2: course. <laughs> Take it away, Vanessa.
1: I'm delighted he won.
0: Is that all you want to say?
1: <laughs> no, I just think that, like, we're all busy concentrating on Barney Roy, but why?
2: Because he's the better horse, <laughs> I, I, just, I think.
1: Yeah, I'm not, like, blown away by him. I mean, I know he tries really hard and he puts in good efforts, but I don't know. Like, Isn't it he his was... stride?
2: Isn't it his stride looks so... He's a, he's a powerful coach. Like, and look, he's very inexperienced compared to oh, Udisees, yeah. Like, I'd like to think there might be a little more Udisees to come. I
1: is um, a very tricky horse to get right, but he yeah. must be incredibly high class to travel into a Group 1 race like that, the way he did. Oh, he's very um, good, definitely. And he is, you know, the old cliche, a sort of Michael Stout speciality. <laughs> oh,
2: I'm so fed up with this. <laughs>
1: so I went there. Bingo! I did it. I'm not even embarrassed that I did it. I went there.
0: I think he's <laughs> fed up of it. He's been typecast.
1: I'm fed up of you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, you're not, Vanessa. So aggressive. Tell the truth. No, you're not.
1: <laughs> no. Um, look, I'm, I just, I just, I love like it's, it's this sort of like clever Billy Big Bollocks thing to sort of like hone in on the second horse, but on the day he was just outclassed again.
2: Outclassed. Um, it was a, a there was half a centimeter in it.
1: Yeah, but he didn't win. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just saying that, like, I don't, you know, I think that, like, we're, we're bypassing the winner. I think let, he's a very good horse. Let I me mean, ask you this,
0: Vanessa. Do you think the best horse won, not on the day, but it, overall? Yes. Okay. Kevin, you're of the view that the best horse is second. I think so, yeah. Okay. I'm somewhere in between. I think that's just <laughs> too...
1: What's Barney Roy going to win next?
0: Um, I think he's going to be... I think he's going to be very hard to beat in the Judmont. If Highland Real doesn't turn up, because we'll talk, we'll expand more on him in a second. Um, Tony, we haven't heard from you yet. Ulysses, Barney Roy, let's deal with the first and second, first of all.
3: Yeah, uh, I've got notes on this here, because I've a good look at this before we come on. Uh, sort of a slow pace, hard, you know, this is not, not like thought. There, there was a slow pace section, it's confirmed, that time figure confirms that. Like, a few of them were keen, Barney Roy was bloody keen, um, Eminent was keen, Leighton Spear was keen. Um, you're throwing all this trouble into the mix with the the pacemaker and decorated Knight and Cliffs and Mohorn.
0: Taj Mahal. To you got a
3: really really messy race. Um, Talked Jim Crowley. was very good on Ulysses in the context of the horse. Um, he does not want to be there too soon. He probably got there a little bit too soon in Royal Alaska. He has a quirk on him now. Um, I, I would be adamant now that Ulysses has got a quirk on him. Um, he's he's definitely through- quirky. He's tanked through the race and he looks like he's going to win it two lengths and he's only just holding on at the end. Uh, I'd be with Kevin here. I think Barney Ray's the best horse in it. I think he's a right horse. Um, I think I think um, if it had been more of a battle, if the finishing line had been 100 yards later, Barney would have won it with a half a length. Um, great performance up and trip, considering how keen he was and he's only having his fifth start. Um, hard to say what, what you would say about Cliffs and Mohor. Like he badly tackled... <coughs> He's lost four or five lengths at that stage and plenty of momentum. Um, although, uh, the, the derby form, uh, I think you'd have to have your question marks over it uh, after the way Eminent r- ran. The, the, he, he tried to give Pirro a decorated night, uh, a love bait uh, in the straight there. He, he, he'd got he went for him.
0: He properly went yeah. for him.
3: So you'd have to question his attitude. And, you know, Eminent and Cliff Samoa are fairly similar did, did hang, hang on,
0: to... sorry sorry, I just I really want to talk about Eminent. I, I really do. I, I know I, I know that he's got a big frame in all this. This is as good as Eminent is. I oh,
3: was grouped horse. horses here, yeah. And this I, is... I, I would have been a... If I'm fan of him going into the Derby. I, I, I think he's had enough goals at this stage. Yeah. Um,
0: and, and I know he's been talked up by by members on this podcast and indeed by members in the Matchbook Betting podcast. And I'm not having having a go at anyone who had that view or, or, or had that opinion. But you need to look at him now. There, there might very well have been an excuse for him in the guineas. You might very well have been able to come up with an excuse for him in the Derby. The fact that Jim Crowley got jocked off, I'm delighted that Ulysses won with Jim Crowley on board because it's nothing to do with the jockey. This is as good as the horse is.
1: Um, did you see the shots of him going down to the start? I didn't quite realize he was as wild as he is.
3: I didn't he either. Caught, he broke a walker, walk, rider's hip during the week, didn't he? Before? Yeah, yeah. I heard
0: that, I but it was. I
1: didn't know that.
0: I didn't realize he was wild at the start, but like what he did mid race to. Um,
1: take, there were just to some, I didn't see him going down, but there was just some shots of him, and it's sort of like. Front legs, and like, he's clearly just being a lunatic, basically. Yeah. And um, and then there's just like a few other pieces of the puzzle put together. And I think I might have just, for some reason, not quite twigged. But he's obviously very, very fiery, as a lot of the Frankles are. Mm. Um, and I think you know, as we know, like that that will get in the way of winning races. Yeah. And that might just be the case with him, which might make him a good Group Two horse on his day.
0: Well, we've seen it with, with other. Uh, sons of Galileo Majus in the past, they they used to get yeah. very sweaty. Yeah. Um Eminem to himself, like I, I I understand why people are excited about him, but you go back to that Craven form. Doesn't Rivet really give you an example of how good he is?
2: I think the last fella that was excited about him may have closed the door on their way out them after the weekend. Yeah, that's it now. I'd say that could yeah, have had it, had it now
0: but you go back to that yes. craven form and Rivet and what he has subsequently done is an example of this is what those two horses are. Rivet's gone now.
2: Sold to Hong Kong. Yep. Yeah.
3: He yeah. just hasn't gone, on, hasn't gone on from the craven, really. Yeah. Uh, he ran to a good level there, but he just hasn't really progressed. To it. Um, what are your thoughts, lads, on um, cliffs of Moher? Uh, you know, season's getting away from him a bit at this stage. I know that's a shocking thing to say after only two defeats and that, but you know, the window was narrow for these. Um, I agree. Italian prospects like him, you know, they need to be winning and winning well. These group ones when they're coming up. But where where do you think he's going next? And I thought he was very short going into Saturday I think I said that here last week you did um, you, you didn't really I know you didn't get a full gauge on him with, with, with things went wrong and there was quite a bit of confidence behind him but I just how would you rate him and, and where would you think he might go next what did he do did he lose six lengths got beaten five
2: yeah I think he lost he lost about five lengths literally lost about five and then you can probably add in a few more just for momentum and me- mental impact and everything else yeah. that was a severe piece of interference I, mm. I'm happy enough to forgive him and I like. I still think there's time for him to get back on track he, he needs to do he needs to win next time probably he probably needs to win next time and that's what's he going to run in uh, I'm assuming he's okay after the, after the weekend um, he's probably got to go judgment doesn't he he's got to go judgment
1: York would suit him wouldn't it I think York would suit him
2: I think it would don't see any reason why it wouldn't um, no. looking a bit further down the line Leopardstown would but, would, would suit him just fine but um, yeah. that might be a little bit That that's two months away at this stage yeah, he needs to he needs to go to York I, I can't imagine they'll drop him back to a mile at this stage it's got to be 10 so Coolmore's representative Kevin Buckley gets in touch with
0: you and says Kevin what do we do what do we send this horse we've got Highland Real he's going to go for the King George where do we get our group one from Cliffs of Moher You want to go Judmont
2: At the end of the day Lads This isn't really A high pressure horse
3: for him No he's been beaten He's been beaten twice now You know It's, it's not It's not a a jewel a three ten group one. Yeah, he's, not, no, he's not he's not a really, camelot or you know, Australia. He
2: won a maiden. No, as a, he won not. a maiden as a two year old. He hasn't won, you know, he hasn't won a group one yet. You know, he's not a sire right now. You know, he's got to go and make no, himself. Tough. You know, yeah. you're not you're not talking about a, a Churchill getting beat. Yeah, you know, that was a yeah. champion two year old and a jewel and guineas winner. You know, that's a that's pressure. That's when yeah. the the squeeze really gets put on you after the after you get beat. This fella has another chance. He have he have, tr- have three more chances. This, to, yeah. to to this make one his hasn't name.
1: Even won a group race yet.
2: No, like, point very good out. point. In, in all likelihood, he's going to be back on track next year. Oh, he will be, be in training in as a four-year-old. Do you know, I, I don't think there's any sense. I, I, personally, I wouldn't have any sense of panic with him. The, I, I the, think they just got to do the right thing by him and hope that he comes right. The point that you make about Churchill is an important one because
0: uh, he's a stallion already, essentially, given the fact that he's a European champion juvenile. And he's, he's not a coming back next year. Right? Classic winner, and he will not be coming back next year.
1: And but this is what we discussed last week. Yeah, it, right? but it is. They are, but, but running, just, they... they Got pressure with him now.
0: Just to elaborate on your point, is that they do have pressure on them, Vanessa. And you were making this point because you're going to go to Coolmore with the Bloodstock show and you're going to be showing off Churchill and you're going to be talking about Churchill, who was beaten in the St. James's Palace stakes and then was winner of or was beaten in. So his next target's hugely important to them.
1: Hugely. Well, it is. It isn't.
2: I don't know. You're a champion two year old, you've won two guineas. The job is pretty much done.
0: Yeah, but Olly, the Olly. value, Kevin. How much more value is going to be on him? Mm,
1: yeah, if you're yeah. a Sussex winner, you've course, got a lot more value. And also, I don't know if can you do. I just point I don't out know if that um, with Churchill... If he now doesn't win something relatively prolific along the way, he falls into a Glen Eagles category. Good show. So Guinea's winner who then flopped mid season and didn't really make it back and we brought in ground excuses because that was best. Well wasn't They're the not problem there though, that Glenn they e- kept
0: they kept on pulling him. Like they ran they they pulled him from the yeah, Sussex, yeah, they, they pulled him yeah. from the was it the pre Jacques Lemarow? Yeah. They pulled him from something else as well, and then
1: Champions day, Irish oh, Champion no. Stakes,
0: and then they yeah. finally ran him in the QE2, and he palmed.
2: Well, I I think yeah. that racing people, which which we'll refer to ourselves as racing people, for in this context, but of course we are, Kevin, we're we, drinking the champagne beforehand, big time racing people. But I think we get much more excited and put, attach much more significance to this sort of thing than breeding people. Then mm-hmm. eagles are standing; they cool more for forty thousand euros. How much? Forty. You know that's. But all, the all, all, all the things you just described there Vanessa ultimately while yeah. it, it was considered a, a massive letdown from a racing point of view he had his job done before any of that ever happened his job uh, and Churchill's uh, job was done
1: My, I, I, my Churchill's
2: my... Uh, what I'll say is Churchill's whatever numbers on Churchill right now let's say 50, 60 whatever thousand it's not dropping it can. It, can, it could It could. certainly go up but so it, if it he's dropping. 50k do you reckon the Sussex adds another 10 or not I don't. I probably don't think so maybe but I don't I I wouldn't attach huge significance oh, to it. That's
0: interesting. That was very interesting.
2: Okay, let's let's wrap up the
0: Can
1: I, can I just say one thing, sorry, one last thing on course. that matter. Um, was just that what I was gonna say about the whole Glen Eagles Churchill situation is that they won't want to stand both of them, will they? Like oh, yeah. falling into exactly the same category.
2: Oh, I think they will, because at the end of the day, they need a Son of Galileo that clicks and they haven't had one that's clicked yet and every opportunity because at the end of the day look of course they're hitting for the same market they're both by Galileo they're both out of storm cap mares um, yeah. physically very different exactly is the same. main difference one is Glen Eagles is not over big whereas Churchill's a big imposing horse that's the, the one significant difference really but yeah, okay. at the end of the day if, you're, if you've sent a mayor to Glen Eagles you'll be happy to send the merit to Churchill and at the end of the for, day the, yeah. the, the the probabilities of stallions is well not the probabilities in a sample of two either of them will probably work out but they'll need as as many opportunities as they can get to have a commercial Son of Galileo that takes off, because they've yeah, already right. had had a few that haven't right. clicked. Uh, because at the end of the day, the likelihood of any one stallion, no matter how sexy their credentials, um, is low. It is a very difficult thing to make it as a stallion.
0: Yeah.
2: Uh, to yeah. you know to bring yeah. yourself into the the you know this, the seventy or eighty grand plus bracket. That is a really hard thing to do. Have you still got that page open? Which. The Coolmore page. Uh, no, I just looked at Glen Eagle's page.
0: Can you just ask how much is it for uh, Australia? Just uh, on the back of his defeating the Irish champion stakes I'd be interested to see. I don't have it off the top of my head but again, that didn't
2: that, that it's it's a similar sort of number, it might be slightly less. Yeah, 35. Yeah. Okay, interesting.
1: Anyway. Damn, we should have got into he, the Bloodstock he, game. He
2: initially started at 50.
0: Okay, so he's dropped a little bit. Uh, let's wrap up the, the eclipse. Um, Ulysses you think should be a miler and
2: uh. um, i'd like i'd be interested to see and tr- to see it tried i suspect it won't happen cuz I, I i've never noticed it and i always think about this when it comes around to sale time cuz so you're looking at a lot of horses that are tra- but newmarket trainers those those big kind of blue chip newmarket trainers they're very quick to step horses up and trip and they're very slow to drop them back down
0: yeah, it's a good point.
2: Um, I don't. I couldn't see him trying a mile. I'd love to see it happen. I think it might just work, but I, I can't imagine. Yeah, you know, and it would enhance his credentials. greatly of course it would. Yeah. But I, I, I suspect it's not going to happen.
0: Well, Andre Fab did it with Manduro, so it's not completely unheard of. But then again, that was Andre Fab. This is Sir Michael Stout. Um I suspect he'll end up in the Breeders' Cup Turf. Yeah, could be, Yeah, could easily t- see it. Happen, depending yeah. on if Highland Real gives him a spanking in the King George, Oof. in which case, and I hope he does. Vanessa thinks Ulysses is the best horse in the race. Um, you and Tony both think it's Barney
2: Roy. Uh, you think
0: Jump International next for Barney Roy?
2: It would seem the logical step, unless they were on to come back to a mile, but that would be a funny thing to do. Yeah, I, I suspect they won't, and I
0: think we'll see something special from him later this season, and it's very exciting that he stays in training. There's a lot more to That's be seen great, there. That's great, yeah, absolutely. Um,
1: oh, Braxman's staying in training. Did you mm. hear that John Gosling interview? Oh. That was very good.
0: That's interesting. Um, but yeah. he really um, need, he's another done. one who really needs to do something and do it quickly.
1: Mm. Well, it was done up on the gallops with um, Chapman. I think it went out on ATR and maybe yesterday morning. But he was basically, he was really interesting. He said he had that great voltage entry, doesn't he? And, th- and that's where they're aiming him. And then Chapman oh. was kind of pushing him on this ledger thing. And he was very much like, whoa, 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 whoa. I've never used it as a, I've, he was like, I've only ever used it to a spring, for a springboard to the St. Ledger once. And it. I know it's the natural route to go, but he said, it's not for me. And he said a bit like what the point we were making on the podcast last week, that for him, he thinks everything Cracksman's done so far is um, very good. And he's just still just getting there. You he's, know, he's a big baby. Not- Yeah. And he just said, I'd be very tempted um, to get a win into him, hopefully in the great Voltiger and then um, lay him off for the rest of the year and bring him back next year.
0: So the Voltiger would be his last run of the season?
1: Yeah, that's what he was suggesting. He said that he needed to speak to Mr Oppenheimer and all that malarkey. You know, he's playing a very trained line. It wasn't that much of a shocking interview. But um, it was just quite interesting, that you, you know, when really push, when Chapman really pushed him, he was like, yeah, I'd be tempted to run him there, hopefully get the win into him and then woe up with him and bring him back next year.
0: Here's one for you, Vanessa Ryle. What if he runs in the Great Voltager, takes on Capri again and gets duffed? Oh, bring him back next
1: think, year. What
2: are you going to? What else are you going to do? You're, no one's going to do. It. They, they had to send to Turkey to get a place that started for him <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think you just. I think they'll probably still stick. Well, I'm not. I'm not convinced. As again, discussed on last week's pod, that they want to, that that further is what he wants. But they're obviously convinced that it is. But I don't know. Like even if he doesn't win, I wouldn't be surprised if they just wowed up on him and still brought him back next year, which what, would be really what, exciting. I still think he's an incredibly classy horse.
2: What prize for the triumph?
1: <laughs> come on the good thing come
0: on the no good no thing. no he's not a cool horse. he's not going to be with Joseph O'Brien he's not going to be with Joseph JP hasn't bought him yet I couldn't resist I actually like Rexman um, I'm not so sure to be honest um, Eminent not, we're so thinking have... group twos group threes to really get something out of him
3: yeah they won't they won't do that but they probably should
0: okay and Cliffs of Moher Tony your next step with him
3: yeah, it sort of writes itself really. York and maybe on to that first time, but uh, like uh, I can see why Cracksman it was the best horse in, in the Cora. But this could all just be amounting to a Group Two form when they come to face older horses. You know, um, I know that the farms working out been battled Permian all these. They, they may well fight out this Grand Prix de Paris on Friday night, but
0: that's in their own age group, though, isn't it?
3: Yes, exactly. It, it's in. It's in the sort of three-year-old bubble mm. still at the minute, and I'd be at the moment. At the moment, I'd be fairly sceptical now of whether it'll be up to scratch when it goes in against the old
0: horses. All right. All to be revealed. Um, let's talk about the feature rates of the weekend. The July meeting at Newmarket. Vanessa, we'll start with you, Caravaggio, a dual Group 1 winner, a dual Royal Ascot winner. He's going to be a short-priced favourite for a race that O'Brien has won in the past, the Darley July Stakes, uh, which is live on ITV at 4.35. I thought he was brilliant, Royal Ascot. Um, he once again clashes horns with Harry Angel. Kevin's already... Made the point with Lydia on the show a couple of weeks ago that we're all bemused he's not entered for the Nunthorpe. We shall see. Maybe he'll get a supplementary entry along the way. Uh, but this is Caravaggio taking on the Diamond Jubilee winner, the, the Tin Man. It promises to be a fascinating race, Vanessa.
1: This is a brilliant race. Like, I have, I'm i not a fan of the Sprinters, but this season, the Sprinters have got me going good start. Like, I'm loving it. It's great. Like they keep they keep battling away. They keep meeting each other. No one seems to be afraid of being beat. Everyone's throwing everything in there. I'm loving it. Uh, I think you know Caravaggio with his weight allowance for being a three year old. Great. Like of course he's going to be favourite. Should he be quite as short as he is now against the Tin Man and Lamato and Harry Angel? I don't think so. Uh so with that in mind I'd be tempted to take him on, although with the weight allowance I think he's most likely winner of the race. With what, I'm gonna go Lamato. Uh won the you know, obviously won the race. But, but Vanessa,
0: the mental scar of Harry Bentley. <laughs> Sorry, obvious the most obvious joke in the podcast. Boom, done.
1: I mean obviously the mental scarring is an issue, but I'm happy to, you know, give him a chance with the whole mental scar. Um on the basis that we know he's an incredibly high-class sprinter that has won on the July course before, won the race before, and there is evidence to suggest that he didn't have an easy trip at Ascot, as we know. Mm. Whereas the Tin Man did. Is that because the Tin Man's a better horse? Potentially, but just at the prices right now, I'd be tempted to back Lamato. and if the sun keeps shining, he's gonna get his preferred ground. Um I just think that it's gonna be a lot for Caravaggio as a three year old to carry this run on. And although he looks incredibly impressive, like I say at the price, I'd be happy to take him on. Harry Angel could I think they should let him just go from the from the from the start. Just let him bowl along in front and see how long he can last for. Um you know, he was very strong in the early stages at Ascot, and I just think that to, you're wasting as much energy as you're attempting to save. Um, so just if he's going to be like that again and bustled along, then just let him run and see how long he can last for. And it might, you never know, it might pay off. It probably won't, but it might. I don't think they gain anything from trying to hold him. Um, interestingly, Adam Kirby was interviewed by... Oh yeah, f- I don't even know. Probably I think it was Zoe Bird somewhere. <laughs> and uh, you know, he'd be a cheeky chappy, but he said when asked about taking Caravaggio on again, he said with a real wry little smile, like I'm desperate to have another crack at him. Which I thought was interesting, you know, there was no buckling away. It was very much like straight with a wry little smile, like, I want to take him on again. So I think that shouldn't be um, ignored. But for me, I'd I'd go Lamato. I just D- think
0: that you're right. <laughs>
1: It's okay I only once
0: then Is this going to be edited till midnight, is it? <laughs> it might
1: take a little while all right Okay
2: Can I ask the podcast and everyone on it a little question? What yeah. do you think is the the greater test of stamina? Six furlongs at Ascot or six furlongs on the July course in New America
0: Now I have a feeling this is going to be a trick question but I'm going to say six furlongs on the July course Is a
2: greater test of stamina yeah. What do you think, Vanessa? Um
0: I have a feeling this is a trick the question. The ups and I'm
2: downs right. of the July course. But I would have thought it's a greater question.
0: Compared case, to the steady rise of July Ascot.
1: Course. I would... My Instantly, I say I think Ascot, if I'm honest, actually. is stiffer. I think.
3: Okay. Yeah, as a
1: stiffer test, yeah.
0: Tony, Tony Keenan, have you Googled this answer?
3: No, I, w- I w- would have said Ascot, but it's the pace to go
2: really dope. Now, I'm not going to hold up the standard times as the be-all and end-all, but we'll just use that as the example. The standard uh. times for Ascot and Newmarket over six furlongs, it, the standard time is two seconds faster at Newmarket. Oh, really? Oh.
0: Two seconds
2: is is a good, hearty dozen lengths in a sprint.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, and if you happen to want to take on Caravaggio, who... You'd have to say now. At one stage, Alaska did certainly look a little bit tap for toe in a very strongly run race. Well, there was for a second.
0: Interesting. I I was on air, so I had to be a little bit distracted because you know job. Um, And I remember looking at the screen, going, "Oh God, he's in trouble!" I thought he was in trouble too. But then he wins so convincingly that it's easy in the end to look back and say, "Oh, but he was much the best horse." But for for a couple of strides, it did look as though he's in trouble. Are you going to make the point here that?
2: This could be a track that leaves him vulnerable, given that it could be faster here. On two fronts, I think it's a track that could leave him vulnerable. Because it is a little bit, well, I don't think a little bit probably undersells it. It's, it's, quite a, it's quite a faster track. And my takeaway from Ascot was, God, you know, he wouldn't mind seven furlongs if they tried him over it. Okay. Um, and the next thing is, this will be his first time to tackle real undulations. Ups mm. and downs. That's the mm. big
1: attraction with Lamato is that, like it, the the July course, I think to any viewer watching on the TV looks like a relatively fine track to ride. I I think, but uh, you speak to anyone who's ridden it, and it is like you say, up down, up down, and that is the big attraction with Lamato is we know out of all of those top four in the betting, he is absolutely fine on that. You know, he's lickety split, he's little, it doesn't bother him.
2: Yeah, um, and, and Caravaggio. It's a concern
1: at the prices, right?
2: Definitely because. You look at his form, look where he's run. He's run, he's run at Dundalk, the Curragh, yeah. Ascot, the Curragh, Nace, Ascot. Those are all lovely, straightforward yeah. tracks that, that rise to the finish on Dundalk, which is perfectly flat. And Caravaggio, as we talked about the other week in the, on the Ascot review, he's not the world's cleanest mover. Mm. And just the first time going down a hill in a race where he'll need to be at his very best. It's just a small doubt and it's a small it's, it's a well, it's a small doubt, but it's a big enough doubt for me to to swerve him at even money. Definitely. Um, and try and find something against them. He's making the market for the rest. And I think it's look, he could go. I, I Look, I, and I, I sound like I'm down to the horse, but this is me do my usual thing with a big with a big race fav. I'm trying to find a vulnerability to justify taking them on. That's just what I do. And that's my reason yeah. for for taking him on. And what do I take him on with? I I really like Lamato. I was disappointed with him the last day. Um, Is the the most underrated horse in this whole division, the Tin Man? Possibly. He gets no credit. Although. uh, A fast ground, he's very good.
1: He gets a lot of credit.
2: Um, I don't know. Like it just doesn't seem he's never been a sexy horse for me. Yeah, no, I've, ne- I've never, I've never, I've never picked him up being considered a sexy horse.
0: I'd agree with that. And Andy Newton did make the point in the Matchbook Betting podcast, which we recorded today, that he hasn't really backed up a performance not since his juvenile days. <laughs> and i think he's also never run at new market.
2: well, I'll make the point yes he he also is unproven on undulations, yeah. but at least he's not even money, but you look true. Uh, you look at his form pattern. forget about his two year old career like you say he backed up performances in a two year old career but let's take that let's look only after that and look at the ground conditions from from his three year old from his um it be from his four year old season onwards it goes good, lovely good to soft uh-uh. Good to firm, great. Soft, not good. Good, soft, good to firm. He's he's had no consistency in the surface he's he's had the had to race on, and like I think there's no doubt he wants fast ground. Yeah. Um. So that could be perhaps a little hint why his his form pattern is a little bit up and down. It's not horrendously up and down, but he's had he's had two down days really since he's graduated up to the to the next level. Um. But I don't know. I have I haven't fully made my mind up on this, but I know I'll certainly be taking on Caravaggio. But you haven't
1: Well decided that's helpful on a podcast that we're previewing the big race
2: well <laughs> I'm, I'm going to wait till we get a bit closer to the time I want to see the ground for sure I want to see the draw for sure um, okay, but come This on, is why we have to, to do and daily final furlong podcast And you will be able to read all my thoughts on the At The Races website on Saturday morning with all the information present I <laughs> know That, oh, no, that on, is go some go damn good see, good see I'm allowed to do it because I'm, I'm, I'm plugging into
0: again That ATR is some again. damn good <laughs> forward selling right there you 100 guys, to 1. Was stop. it 100 to 1 double last stop. week or the week before? Stop. Oh, the week before.
1: Stop, stop. I've got some big news. Oh. Really big news. Hi, oh, Emma. Oh, no. I Hi, you. Emma. How did you know, it's, guys? Can you feel me from there? It's hurricane, because,
0: it's hurricane Emma. Because I, I just detected that the poshest woman in Yorkshire had arrived. <laughs>
1: You've been briefed on this. No, I haven't at all. I just knew. Um, Emma is literally just back from the July course showing sponsors around. Tell us, Emma, how's the track looking? <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> wonderful. Best it's looked in years. Wow, we sound like we're on ITV.
2: <laughs> Woody,
0: TV Woody, track. Woody. Hi, Emma, how's the track riding?
1: We ride well <laughs> in Newmarket.
0: <laughs> <laughs> now we're definitely not like we're on ITV. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, Maybe later, it nice. No I mean, I don't know whether it's disappointing or good, but um, yeah, no.
2: you <laughs> right there, D.
0: D has her head in her hands. Editor.
1: Oh, <laughs> editor. Hi, editor.
0: <laughs> <laughs> ed, f- <laughs> editor, ed- <laughs> editor. Senior producer.
1: Senior producer um... D has to cut out all the times that you talk about. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's- <laughs> what wins the July Cup, Emma. The Tin Man. Oh. oh, Emma is very close. <laughs> Interesting. Oh, hi, hi. How close, put, Emma? Okay? That needs to be cut out of this. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it, can we just say sources close to Emma have given you the green light for the Tin Man?
1: Yeah, very close to me <laughs> and your. <laughs> 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 Tony, are you all right? There? <laughs>
3: I have a lot better things to be at
1: than
0: listening to this. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> and on that bombshell, I mean, Emma, I'm,
1: I'm not- can you just make sure you cut me out of the whole thing this time? Because I mean, not okay. No, not all of it.
0: <laughs> out. And how much of this gets cut, D
1: All of it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to find a husband, telling them I like. It's not helping my cause. Uh, hey. She like-, like it, do you? Depends on it the works. husband. Yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> yeah, depends on what you're into, really. See you in right. September.
1: See you in September. Bye now. Bye. <laughs> right. Off you go. That's the hurricane that was. Let's get back on point before Tony faints.
0: Uh, I have no idea how Dee's going to edit all that. But anyway, there may very well have been uh, Vanessa's friend Emma just featured on the podcast. Maybe gonna, not. we got to leave
2: some in. We gotta leave some in Dee's
0: got a raised eyebrow there So there you go Anyway that's just another episode Of the Final Frontline Podcast Where can we get a sweeper of It's another round of Vanessa Riles friends <laughs> Alright so We have heard from Emma oh, That the Lord. tin man Is apparently a good thing We've heard from Kevin uh, Who wants to take on uh, Caravaggio But you can read all about it On the At The Races app well, I know why. At, I at the races. I just, com. I
2: just don't, don't know what Wait
0: Yeah that, well, that's kind of What I actually meant to say uh, Tony Keenan Solve the puzzle
3: that it is to July Cup very interesting point that Kevin makes about about Caravaggio and the undulations. I hadn't thought of that. And, and
0: neither did I,
3: With a horse that um, needed the strong gallop. Now the last day and it's been two seconds, quick or track. Uh, both of those are very, very good points. Um, I I would have thought he was hard to oppose here. the The problem with this these horses coming from the the Diamond Jubilee is uh, I would find it very hard to split them. You, like there really was nothing between them, and there, were, there was bits and pieces of trouble. So I I couldn't come up with any sort of strong view as the way they would one would finish ahead ahead of the other um if you're pressing me for a bet i'd probably chance harry angel maybe without the favorite Um he probably shouldn't reverse for him but then the easier track might suit he, he's going to be what three to one maybe without the favorite although that said um tis marvelous you would have liked to see him run a little bit better now at Sandown. um on uh, last Saturday I do have a, I, I do have a, a, a rare Ballydile horse I do fancy though this week I, I think there's a horse that's a right price in the um, Falmouth Stakes Roly-Poly there is 9-4 she, she looks more like now 11-8-6-4 sharp demeanor Do you think
0: so? Because um, funny enough I, I was looking at this earlier on and I was going to lean with the Godolphin horse who won the Group 1 on Arc Day last year I know she's making her season reappearance the Dubawi daughter uh, Wuhida. Um, And part of my reasoning I know you recommended Roly-Poly Without the favourite at Royal Ascot Like Winter beat her well And she's beaten her well the last twice But I I guess I guess her form from her last two performances Does read quite well in the context of this race
3: Well A couple of things with Roly-Poly there Um, She got closer to Winter than she did at the Cora. Yeah I I would say she's a lot better than the form At at Ascot than she was at the Cora. I couldn't believe how she was ridden at Royal Ascot now, to be honest with you. Um, she was completely sacrificed for winter, um, going from the front. This has not been the thing with her at all. She, she has been dropped out and was ridden to pick up the bases in the Cora. I thought that was a savage run. Um, she got into an awful duel with the French uh, the French horse um, er, early on, and she bet her off, and she came back for more at the finish. She has some brilliant time figures now from last year, and I think she's only coming back to that form now. She's approved. She's won at, the, won at the July meeting last year. I think she's much the best of these now. Uh, I genuinely think she's five or six pound clear of any of these. The, the ex-John Ox horse, the Sea of Grace. That French guinea's form now is ordinary, I would say. She might want a bit of soft ground. You have this Godolphin horse that has missed every target under the sun since the start of the year we're here. And I'm not saying she's a bad horse. Far from it, in fact. That, that's decent form. Come back from Eric de has come out of that one, the, the pre-Diana, all this kind of stuff. But she's a horse first time out against Roly Poly, who is, I think, absolutely at the top top of her game. You know, she reminds me. Um, it reminds me a little bit now of Minding and Alice Springs last year. Everyone's looking at Alice Springs. Ah, she's all right. She's all right. She's Group Two. She's Group Three. But you know what? When, when Minding sort of was put up to 10 longs, Alice Springs was well able to win the the Group Ones confined to Phillies. And I think they're thinking along the same lines with Roly Poly. Um, I, I think she's a right bet now, at five to two okay. or nine to four. Sorry, is she. She is no. I think she's much the best of these now.
0: All right.
1: The- I think that um, the points he makes about uh, Sea of Grace—that was a very weak Group One. That she was second in, but um, the Wahida horse—I'm sure she's a really lovely horse, but. All the way along, they said she was an Oaks horse. They said they'll they'll enter in the guineas. She might run in the guineas, but like all the time, they hammered home that she was an Oaks horse. Mm. And now they're bringing her here over a mile. It's just, it just seems a bit, obviously, it's her first start back. So when I, what I'm, sorry, what I'm trying to say is when I first looked at the belly, I thought, she's big. But actually, oh my God. When, once you think about it, she's not at all. It's her first run back, and it's probably, in hindsight, going to be a trip that is too short for her, and she's going to show her best over much further in time. That so is a it-
0: very good observation, and Deirdre is going to be awake all night editing this podcast, by the way, Why? and most of what it, it is to do that? with you. You just dropped another
3: F-bomb.
1: Oh, sorry. I didn't even think, actually. Seriously, I didn't. Sorry.
3: Right. See, sorry. You, you, you There's another horse in this that's it? a wild price as well. Uh, um, I, I know I'm tipping the favourite here, but th- there's a horse here that shouldn't be 40s or 33 to 1. A horse that should be Mick Shannon called Opal Tiara. Um, <laughs> I think she hasn't had things go away the last twice. She ran over in the corner, second to Craig's Peak. The ground went against her completely. Um, she actually ran well to be second, considering the ground. And... Um, she ran in the Usherette Kimo race at Ray Alaska, and she just got—I think this people haven't seen this at all—but she got absolutely every bit of trouble that was going in that race. Um, but like this, she, she's not a forty; or a fifty shot. I backed the two of these started the a week, like um, okay, oh. and I'm very happy with the two of them. Uh, um, I think Roly-Poly will win, and I, I think Opal Tiara will, will run, outrun her odds, too.
0: You have made a compelling case for Roly-Poly. Just wrap up your selection for the July Cup for us.
3: Not, I, d- I don't have one. That's what I'm saying to you. I'm okay. going to give you something to actually fancy here rather than spoofing <laughs> the July Cup.
0: <laughs> OK, uh, compelling case from Tony for wait, Roly-Poly. Wait, wait, when
3: is, when is this podcast going out?
0: Um, Thursday, tomorrow morning. Thursday morning.
3: Right, well, I have another one for you, then. Go oh, for oh, it. it. I'm going on an absolute solar run here, but anyway... Um, if this I love out, it
1: when Tony goes off piste.
3: Um well if, if if this is out now before tomorrow at Leopardstown, geez there's a good horse there running in the in, in the in the Nizrulla handicap at Leopardstown tomorrow. This a, would be a strong handicap uh, over 10 four lungs. Uh the top horse our string beach airlane has been named Velusif Heights. Um I had a bit of crack with Cher on Twitter there last night about, um, we, he was talking about how his horse Savannah Storm got harshly treated, he got a, a few pounds for running place in the listed race and was coming him on tonight and I was saying to him, what did you expect running him in the listed race, did you think they were going to leave him alone? Um, and he was saying, <laughs> look at, uh, we were sort of back and forth a bit and he was saying I said, well, you can't really, you can either go for the good handicap uh, or you you can go for the black type, but you can't go for the two of them at the one time, you might be able to go for the handicap person and on for the black type, but it uh, it's interesting that with elusive hates the horse has got a bit of black tape already but now he's come back for a good handicap and um, he to me is just an absolute class horse in this handicap, he, he's running off um, 102 or 103 tomorrow night and I would be surprised if he's not uh, fit to get up to a market uh, near 108, 109 anyway oh, uh, I how he ran it, he was very unexposed last year, he was one of these horses, that, Kevin you remember this, do you remember Johan back came down at the Cora there, and Jesus was a very dirty incident there. Yeah, he, yeah. He, he he was involved in that. He was going to be involved that day. He he ran a couple of great races last year, particularly one when he was second to a real all-weather specialist up in the dock called Hawk trained by Johnny Morta. And I thought he ran a crack off first time back this year when he was second to Jerry Lane's other horse Brendan Bracken on a soft ground mile at Lepperton first time out. I thought that was a great run because soft ground wouldn't be his thing, and ten furlongs might be more his thing than a mile. So um. Yeah, I, I thought he 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 was a he was a I I would have had him in, in his favour in this a, a sort of a classy horse. And I like the fact that Jerry's going for the good handicap, he can get the bit of black tape later, but I think this horse is well handicapped. Okay, elusive, he heights. The elusive
0: heights, Elusive heights, seven fifty-five at Leopardstown. Of course, the problem for this horse, and I'm sure he is a good thing, is that he takes on the mighty Elval.
2: Yeah, Elval back up to ten now. No, no. I've got one for you tomorrow. You won't be following him I I, No, I'd prefer him at a mile. Okay, Vanessa, give us your one for Thursday.
1: Thursday, last race at Leopardstown, Mountain Rock, ridden by JJ Codd. Seven to four. Uh, Hold
3: on, hold on here now. Who trains that horse?
1: <laughs> <laughs> everyone move along move along yeah. on, Move on, Vanessa yeah. 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 <laughs> you've, you've, never, you've never
2: given a tip on a, on a qualified rider's maiden in Ireland before yeah. where does this come from this yeah. seems odd
1: screw you don't underestimate me look at that Bet365 account some 19 year old girl <laughs>
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> away and
3: gone 7 4 knock on the door Okay. Are, we, are we doing the bet three
2: six five We'll talk about that towards the end. Uh, your thoughts on the family Sticks? Oh,
3: no great thoughts! I'm
2: surprised see if Grace is as short as she is now. Um, I thought that was a bad. Francine. You've been disappointed with her, haven't
1: you? Terrible group. No,
2: on. no. I, I think she's quick. I think she's good. Um, I'd rather. I think she's worth a try at seven. Mm-hmm. No, I really like that filly, but I'm surprised she's that short. Are look, you look going to go well But i uh, surprised she's that short I can see Tony's case For Rory Absolutely that being the wrong price
0: Okay Are you going to be At the curve at the races um, Yes I will Excellent Do you, do you expect Frankie de To be doing a flying dismount After Enable? Absolutely bolts up In the Oaks Or could Aidan O'Brien Get
2: another Classic in Ireland Should we not talk about The feature race first The Anglesey Stakes uh, No Go on Tori well, On April 20th 2012 <laughs> In a stable in a place called Golden in County Tipperary, a little grey foal was born. A foal that we're going to be called. How much more
0: money are we going to lose on George Bowen?
2: George Bowen. <laughs> how, how the, Irish, the Irish handicapper's given him £2 extra on top of the £9 the English handicapper gave him for bolting up at Nottingham
0: last time. How much money are we losing on him this time?
2: <laughs> it'll probably be fab for this, you know. Look, I, I, I I, almost certainly won't back him. He, it'll be, he'll be, probably be too short given the, the type of race this. But if, if he has a good draw, he's going to go close because all mickey taken aside its last time was as good as he's ever looked to me the, his action looked fabulous he just looked more in love with the game I than ever now he and was he, good he absolutely that was impressive to be fair jibbed yeah
1: fyi my love for george bowen is about as much as my love for rubbing nettles in my eyes i
2: was certain you were going to say herpes there but alas
1: very, very painful. That piece is less
2: painful. I wouldn't know. <laughs> oh, how would you not love George Bowen?
0: Oh, we did love him until he cost us a fortune. So
1: we lost all our life savings on him.
2: <laughs> but he's back then, on. He's back on track, track now. now. Okay. It's it's taken time, and I know. Look, he's eleven pounds higher than winning at Nottingham. He's off ninety-seven now. Is this not too steep for him? You uh, bear in mind, like I like he was second in um, what was it the silver cup there yeah Of 95 okay at the end of a really long season like less than a week after he won the the, the, the race in Irish champions weekend I think at his very best he's capable of, of going, in, going in off that mark also these uh, English horses
0: coming over here over these trips they tend to do very well, and well, Irish handicaps. Well, that, that's
2: why he's got an extra two pounds.
0: Yeah, the because the Irish uh, handicappers
2: had enough of this British dominance. Because if you think <laughs> the Irish success in English <laughs> handicap hurdles is a little bit much, go do the stats on English yeah. sprint handicappers and Irish premier handicaps. Good who's God. Um, who's riding George Bowen on
0: Saturday? Billy Lee as is the boys would say it, is he books? yeah Billy Lee's ah, on board very nice
2: hadn't noticed Billy Excellent. Lee they, they, they rode him like I in my own head I always thought that the, the kind of quiet ride Spencer gave him the time he won on Champions Weekend would be the way to ride him but he, he just was really sparky last day at Nottingham was given a more forward ride And he just looked better than ever now to me. Okay. So, fingers crossed.
0: Okay, you've sold us on George Bone. That's enough talk about him. If he (laughs) wins, we'll rant and rave about him. Um, (laughs) If he doesn't, it's another case of, oh, my God. Uh, Irish Oaks, is this just a case of Enable wins?
2: I'd like to think so. I I really liked her now. Um, A lot of the focus post-race after the Oaks was on Rhododendron, apparently not staying. I don't really buy into that myself. Um, I just thought Enable Enable was just better than her. Yeah, And quite a bit better than her Five legs better than her um, I was I was low on her going into the race But she absolutely won me over On the day I thought she was really good um, Frankie oh, I hate when jockeys come back from injuries And they're immediately on high profile mounts I do not like it one bit If I was an owner I wouldn't have it I'd make sure they had a week of riding Before you were on my horse in the group one Coming back from an injury that he struggled with um, But that that's not specific to Frankie That's a general comment um, well we've seen it backfire With other jockeys And I'm not referring to Frankie there We've seen
0: it backfire With other jockeys in the past
2: Yeah it's just not ideal But anyway Look she's probably she's would appear to be So far clear of this field That I could jump on her And probably win
0: Doesn't really have to take on A whole lot Doesn't she not What
2: price yeah, is she going yeah. She's going to be Two two or three's on, three's three zones yeah.
0: Three it. Can
1: please someone talk to me About naughty or nice
0: Yeah, In look general like or the racehorse <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, you'll so funny <laughs> um the race was on the basis that she was back to ascot wasn't she and then had all the disaster with pulling too hard and then a saddle slipping what what sort of level of horse is she or do we just not know yet because i, I think at 16s obviously enable is going to win but to follow her home it is very muddy after enable very very muddy and she's 16s and I don't know, like, everyone was, there was a lot of chat about her at Ascot. And she had the blinkers first time then. Is she going to wear blinkers again? Tony, hit me with some stats.
3: <laughs> don't, don't have any stats at all for you. Um, Enable to probably win and win well. Rain Goddess now probably isn't the best second favourite now to my mind. Uh, just, uh, I'm,
1: no. I'm not,
3: not so sure about her getting It's the trip I would have to concern about. the... Pretty mm. Polly wasn't particularly strongly run. So there might be a little bit of. Um, value there maybe looking outside of or for what's going to come second not you nice yeah uh look at you can't draw any conclusions from ascot she she beat a half decent horse in in, in grandee at uh, Navin. yeah i i, I wouldn't I, I haven't really sat down to a look at this yet
1: um just an fyi that is zero is it a Zira? yeah uh it's entered but has also the entry in the group two on the sunday uh over a shorter trip And I'd like her In the group too As long as they don't Declare her for the Oaks just
3: Last nice. time Dermot Weld's In the winner
1: no. When is that? There's a start Go for it uh, Three
3: kingdoms At the Cora uh, Every weekend But before, before that now It could be another to come back Anything
0: else Over the weekend Tony Keenan That you want to highlight?
3: No I, I just There were the two I come on, I come on uh, Roly-Poly And um, Elusive Heights Were the two I, I was interested in
0: Beautiful uh, Kevin Blake is shaking his head Vanessa?
1: No, no, I, I, I've outdone myself.
0: In <laughs> hey, more ways than one. <laughs> Tony Keenan, the Bet365 story, take it away, sir. <laughs> oh,
3: well, look yeah. at it. It, it's, it's just quite, a, a, I suppose, on one level, a very humorous story, and on one level, a, a very serious story for, for Bet365 if they're going to have to pay out. Um, <laughs> I, think I just. 960 each way, lucky 15. 25,000. <laughs> On re- on races that are, uh to, to, they're not absolute scumbag each way you now, but they're pretty bad each way you now. Like if you if you look up the races, there's a couple of races from Nase, there's a, a race from Kempton, I think, and there's a race from somewhere like else. they they weren't the greatest each way races. Now I suppose we were speculating how much money would you have to do in on this account beforehand to have the facility. To get away with doing nine hundred and sixty each way lucky fifteens um like looking at the maths in this obviously I don't know the I don't know the maths completely but I, I imagine you're walking off a thing where if it was twenty five thousand in around and nine hundred and sixty like they're only really eighty cent or a euro each way lucky fifteens so your permanent Somewhere between four, five, and six horses in those races, and hoping to get the roll-ups and the places and and winners and and various things like that. But um, I suppose it's an interesting one. Uh, where was the risk management that, that day? Like, Jesus, like we all know that every shop and betting shop in the country gets an email out every day about what are the bad each-way races. Like, yeah. the online are, are looking at the same type of thing.
0: You can even see and, if you walk into certain betting shops, you can see the office manager's page
2: mm, warning them course. about. Well, look, then this is just this is an offshoot, and I, I, of course, I would never suggest that this is what has gone on in this case. This is an ongoing case of which I would not comment on specifically. But in terms of a more general comment, the culture of bookmaker restrictions has bred a situation whereby there are plenty of clever people, winners, who will go to great lengths to acquire clean accounts. Be it setting up on, under their girlfriend's name, their friend's name, they might pay strangers to open accounts, of which they can then use. And you have this endless game of cat and mouse, where they will quite literally, deliberately lose money, deliberately bet on, on you know, on bottom price on things in the hope of losing, in the hope of fooling the the online bookmakers' algorithms, into thinking they're a mug punter, in which case the the limits will be raised, and then. Bang You might land a big Each way double Each way four timer In a load of dirty Each way races And you get paid Of course I would never suggest That's what happened In this situation I'm sure this is the best 19 year old Student <laughs> female punter On the planet Of and course fair play to her. She yeah. won a million off I'm Well yeah. done love She You're had brilliant. the 25 grand to spend And she went for yeah, it Absolutely sure. these, I think she, well, she's, a, she's a waitress that I read somewhere These fellas do be Tipping wild these days Yeah um, Americans but, come yeah, over okay, and they tip crazy. It,
3: it, it, comes, it comes back to this issue about like betting in your means and, and stuff like that. Like Again, I, I'm speculating here. I'm not saying what has gone on in any case. Everton have said the speculation the more than Kevin has said there. But like I don't know. There aren't. The, the, the tips must be ferocious there to imagine that a, that, a, that a 19-year-old waitress could be could be punting 25 grand on a single day and imagining, as we're saying, maybe losses that, that went on before um, and again, it's a, it's an interesting one to imagine. Maybe how what percentage of of accounts with certain firms are genuine accounts, and what per- percentage are maybe what we call these ghost accounts or beard accounts, accounts that are, are been operated by someone else? They and Kevin has said it there. It is the restrictions thing that has has sort of caused that. Um, but it, it is going to be an interesting case. Like uh, I've chat- I've been actually chatting to a couple of people. Um, you know, non-people who aren't don't really bet or things. I, the, the reaction to this is interesting and most of them are saying, like, surely she has to be paid. Well, that's you it, because pe-
2: people wouldn't realise the, the realities of what goes on. They, they, all they see is, this poor girl's after winning the few quid. give her her money, you know? Mm. Uh, but, you know, it's a terrible case for Bet365, because I think anyone... That is immersed in the game would have a pretty good idea of what is likely to have gone on here. Whereas anyone that would only have a passing interest, the three six five look like a bunch of Welchers. You know, it's it, it's a it's a tough case for them now, and it'll be a tough case for them to prove what they're alleging. Uh, I can't imagine that'll be easy. And uh, the the but the, if the, prove- the lady the lady in question has got the same solicitor that Barney got to to get his to get to get his money at the I time. wonder did that solicitor
0: offer his services
2: who knows well he's clearly experienced yeah. in this very niche field um, but uh, that's two but the, things like it, it's the restrictions culture but as well and we've talked about it in the podcast as well like this is a product of um, of the each way system just creating mathematical inefficiencies <laughs> that does just make uh, create opportunities for this type of betting um, and we just we just all What's be better off it, if, if the each oh. way system didn't exist it would What's re- the point of
3: I didn't know Deirdre had any relations up in Belfast, but so there you go. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: does
2: he if they prove this, by the way, do do, they, three six five. Yeah, if they do prove it, <laughs> the allegations of fraud. I, I'm not sure the legalities yeah. of it, but
0: but also does Tony not make bring up the point about betting within your means? That's that's
2: ultimately her business, isn't it? She, she could be a fabulous punter. It's that, well, It's a far from beyond the realms of possibility. That it, geez, I was I was betting the fair few you could when I was nineteen. Uh, it's far from impossible that, that a skilled nineteen-year-old punter could be able to have twenty-five grand on in the day. When
0: David Cameron gambled and lost. Theresa May gambled and lost. When the fun stop, stop, folks <laughs> is is the important thing. But this yeah, is, let's just
2: get rid of this each way system, lads. It's wrecking the game. You, I, I like the way you want to bring this around to your own agenda. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a real, a real Kevin Blake's agenda yeah. comes
0: back in. It's it's a fascinating story. It's it's fascinating that Tony has friends who aren't into betting and they're uh, interested in the story.
3: That's surprising that you have friends that aren't into betting.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm shocked at that. To be honest, stunned and absolutely shocked at that. But um, how do you see this going? How do how you see do this I playing out? Because it's a difficult one for for the company. It's a difficult one for the person involved. Is it like like? Well, well let me put it this way it's, it's my
2: account I place the bet I won the money Give me my money Easy So, so do you think it's as open and shut as that? Well, it's for, as simple for, as... For, for, for her it will be It's my account It's my details I put the money from my bank account into that betting account I place those bets I won Give me my
3: money I suppose the thing with th- with this case is um, uh, look at uh, everyone is aware that this has gone on th- this uh, clean accounts and getting new accounts and all this sort of stuff it's just this is a this is a really egregious example of it now. Like there's, it's one thing, a uh, lad saying, "Geez, I want to have a fifty or a hundred each way on a horse, and I can't get on." And uh, use twenty-five the grand. Account. Quite quite another thing, systematically betting twenty-five grand in a combination of nine hundred and sixty each way, <laughs> lucky 15, so the mats are uh, standing in your favour. This is this is taking it to a whole new level. But if you're if you're going to pay the lad that is getting the fifty or the hundred each way on a horse that he sort of fancies, he's studying a bit of form. Do you not then pay the other? I don't know.
0: It's mm. the sheer audacity of it. It's just unbelievable. So listen, if she did it herself, fair play. It's but the it's... product of this ridiculous yeah. maker system we have right now. Yeah, no, it's, uh, th- there's a lot. Do you think that this could bring about a revolution? Probably not.
1: Talk about a revolution.
0: And you can hear more singing for Vanessa Ryle at the Cheltenham Festival Thursday nights.
1: I'm in the school choir. In <laughs> you were asked to
0: mime in the school choir. I would never have asked you to, to do that. For this story. You I went l-
1: to an all boys school and I was asked to mime in the school choir.
0: I forgot that you went to an all boys school.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Explains so much.
1: Wow. And they asked me to mime because I was aesthetically pleasing to stand in the middle because I was the tallest, but my singing voice was so out of line. Mr. Marsh asked me to mime the day before the Christmas carol concert. So the following day, I mimed like a good thing. And the day after, he fell down the stairs and broke down but broke both his arms, and that was the day I believed in karma.
0: When you say (laughs) fell down the stairs, where were you at that time?
1: At the bottom of the stairs, watching him and laughing, (laughs) to which my housemaster thought was very inappropriate.
2: I'm sure, I'm sure. Having placed banana skins at the top of the stairs. Yes, yeah, Mario Kart style, I'd imagine. Um, What a game that was. I loved it.
0: By the way, I will do a Shameless blog about the Nintendo Classic, but the super no way. the Super Nintendo Classic oh, is going to be released. It's going to be released oh, for man. Christmas, but you got to order it really quickly. Uh, this time they're going to sell both controllers with it, and it features as part of I think there's 40 program games. There's 80 on the Nintendo Classic. Oof. It's no longer in production, but I managed to get one. But the Super Nintendo Classic, Nintendo are notorious for not releasing enough of their products. Will feature Super Mario Kart. Oh,
2: yeah Red shells everywhere! Pew, oh, beer, I pierre. can't wait.
0: There's going to be like uh, epic marathons between. We're going to record a podcast of you, me, and D playing that. That we, is
2: that is we, my childhood and teenage. Oh, years. oh yeah, we'll fly oh, Vanessa yes.
0: over. We'll get Tony down, and we'll all have oh, a big competition. Yeah. We'll record a podcast, and it will be a swear
2: fueled show. I was the only person in the world that used to like to select Bowser really being slow just so I could bash people or something. that was the problem he yeah. was way too slow, slow it was really slow yeah oh, that's man. why
1: I left on poli
2: yeah
1: <laughs> <laughs> God, I am on great form
0: tonight Eddie O'Leary you got to name a horse browser you've got to name Kevin is seething at that comment absolutely seething alright uh, that is it we are done um, it's been an interesting show thank so you so much for all the kind words no. on social media last week uh, thanks for all the kind five star reviews on Apple Podcasts more you want to see the reaction from Kevin Blake last week D sent me a picture of Kevin dancing around the living room with sheer delight uh, reading the five star reviews it's very kind of you to do it we know it takes an offer you were asking people to like our Facebook page which Dee has promised me she's going to put more attention to the Facebook page she's going to work harder at it because to be fair to you, you've just kind of let it sit so there slack yeah. you've so let it sit slack. there for a long time
2: cop on be, to yourself
0: too busy editing so she has <laughs> promised to work harder on the Facebook page from now on and put more up there um, but somebody did tweet you saying for Kevin I've stolen enough iPhones to give you 5 star reviews now you want me liking the Facebook page as well it's all too much
2: yeah give us an little 5 star review and a like on Facebook the final furlong podcast that'd be much appreciated oh it helps oh it
0: helps it does all help and of course you can follow us on Twitter at final furlong pod uh, at Kevin Blake 2011 yes at Radio Emmett at Racing Trends at Vanessa Ryle. No, oh, it's up
1: there. Uh, v. Binny Ryle. V. Ryle, of course it in is. capital letters. God knows why I must have been drunk.
0: <laughs> why not? That's it. We're done. We're back next week. Dee can decide what we'll talk about next week. No clue. It's been an interesting show, to say the least. Lots of topics covered. Hopefully there's some winners in there for you. If Roly Poly gets the job done, uh, we'll all be in gravy. If George Bowen gets the job <laughs> done. On, lads. I think I'm back on the George Bowen train. Thanks so much for listening. From Kevin Blake. George Bowen. From Producer D.
1: Talk to you later, guys.
0: From Tony Keenan. Good evening. From Vanessa Ryle.
1: See you later, guys. From
0: Emma, who's somewhere in the background, and from me, Emma Kennedy. Thank you so much for listening. We'll chat to you again next week. God bless.
1: Have you downloaded the free app, The Racers app yet? With easy-to-use race cards and form, expert daily tips, plus video replays and in-app betting, it's the app that no racing fan's phone should be without. Available for free on your iPhone or Android mobile, visit attheraces.com forward slash app for more details.